A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. And action. How's your uh, how's how's your week been so far, buddy? Man, it's been good. It's been good. I cannot complain. We're ready for the road once again. Yeah, we're where going. The, where uh, are we going this time? Edmonton. We're, yeah, that's like uh, driving to the airport in Daniel. It's like, where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> Is this what happens when you travel too much? <laughs> I think so. I actually know so. I know so because there was yeah, a couple places funny. I almost forgot where we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, what are you most excited about this weekend? Honestly, it's going to sound dorky, but just f- getting to see the city of Edmonton for the first time ever in my life. I've never been, so I am kind of excited to just kind of take in. I know it won't be long, but I'll get to yeah, take yeah. in a little bit of the city for once Dundon. in my life. And, and you get uh, like a Sunday morning, like a little bit yeah. of space too. That's nice. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, Hotel's so I, I'm looking forward to that. What about you? Mine's going to sound real nerdy because yours sounded normal. <laughs> I'm most looking forward to getting the sound check. Wow. To 75 minutes or less. Wow. That's, that's highest on very my list. Specific. Very specific. It's very specific. It's so specific that I made a sound check schedule. And wow. there's little room for it. There's some buffer space, but I sent it to, I was going to say, I sent it to myself. I, I did that too, just so I have it handy. And I yeah. sent it to all the tech there uh, at the venue, um, the music director. So this is the goal. No, it makes sense. Goal, so. Tighten yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. I think that it'll it'll help alleviate a lot of that anxiety before the show, especially yeah, for like me and like other people. Yeah. I'm sure. When you're traveling and you're doing a same day sound check as the show, and and that's the same day you're flying in, you could imagine if you've never been in that situation that it's it could put a lot of pressure on you. Everything has to go right, and if it yeah. doesn't, then you don't get to shower or eat before the show. So. Yeah, it's just yeah, little, little time to kind of really make any changes or adjustments, you know, or yeah, yeah, fix yeah. any problems. It really leaves a small buffer. That's buffer true. Down. But I mean, that's not why they tuned in. If it is, God bless you. But uh, yeah. I'm excited about this chat today, too, because we have a photographer on, I guess. Yeah, he's a photographer. I was going to say yeah. artist as well, but I guess that is, it's all in the same. Um, and the reason that we decided to have this gentleman on is because his photos are some of the most famous music photos, I'd say, ever, right? From one of he the was, most legendary, iconic um, concerts. Or is it concert? Yeah, festival. yeah, yeah. Festival. Festival, right? What, and we're talking about Woodstock. So he was yeah, the one original, of... The original, not the 90, 1999. The original, nice. yeah, yeah. So he, <laughs> he no, was dude. one of the original photographers. And I think there was like two... Or there's a handful, anyways, of photographers that were official photographers of the festival, and this gentleman is one of them. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, What's up definitely. with the? You said the nine the '90s mess. Tell us about that. Oh man, you gotta watch. I watched a documentary on uh, Netflix. If you get a chance about 
1999 because I don't know if you remember, but the same um, original creator of the festival wanted to bring it back and make it, mm. you know, uh, up to date and bring in some, you know, 90s people and kind of really try and, you know, update the or bring back the feeling of Woodstock. But yeah, it's just uh, it's a different it time by then. Different times and it didn't work and it crashed and burned really quickly. It was, it was it's actually. It, it made me, uh, it brought me back to a very specific time in music and in my life. So it's definitely mm. worth checking out if you're in between the ages of 40 or, f you know, 20, I guess. Uh, maybe not 20, but if you're around and thriving in the 90s, it was definitely something you remembered. But I forgot some, yeah, I forgot some key moments of that particular time because it got dark really quickly and it was pretty I fun i have to watch that wow definitely so worth the original worth like show producer or whatever of the festival yeah wanted to bring it back and they want to bring it back from the biggest like, to an epic fail 30 years I don't later know if it was an epic fail but it's not it, i think didn't match right it didn't match and it was it brought a people a lot of people showed up obviously but things started to fall apart real quickly and the type of me i don't want to ruin it if you're going to watch it it was just like if you remember what type of music was going on in the original woodstock it was peace mm. love and you know anti-war yeah, yeah yeah it was it was more this was more like <laughs> like remember it was like limp biscuit corn like bands mm. like that you know what i mean like, yeah yeah so, so the messaging had changed the environment was completely different because yeah. back then the music was a lot well i mean there was love and all that peace but there was also a lot of like politically motivated songs as well yeah. that really yeah yeah speak to Not, the times you know definitely so so yeah so before you start wondering why do you have a photographer on i'm a photographer can i get on the answer is not likely yeah, um, yeah. but <laughs> unless you're at the other woodstock maybe <laughs> yeah, if you're at yeah. the other woodstock we'll talk to you <laughs> yeah or like coachella or something maybe yeah but, coachella, and, and that's a, that's iphones don't count nor do Androids, no. so yes, uh, you got to have a real, maybe like a press pass if they still do those things. Um, <laughs> press pass. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. No, they must. Man. They actually credentials. You got to be credentialed. Well, you to have to have something, right? Spots. Just, yeah, for sure. You got a camera. You just wear a camera on your neck and get in places. It reminds me of a guy who used to wear a, a bass, just carry a bass around just to get into concerts. And I oh, guess he just really? put, not like ACC type, but like yeah, smaller yeah, yeah. causers because it was just like <laughs> posing as the band. Nobody ever asked questions. That's <laughs> so funny. I watched this video where they joke about if you walk into a building with a ladder, no one ever gives you a hard time. So these kids walk into Yikes. like a concert, a football game, and a movie theater with ladders, and they get right, they get ushered in. People hold the door for them sometimes. Just it's dress so normally? In. No, they have like a vest on and then, okay, okay. And, and then a ladder, and it just, that works every time. That's funny, man. That really is funny. I don't think we've actually that's said the name of, of the legendary man that we're about oh, that's, to speak that's, to. That's called suspense. I guess we should have oh, okay, now, right? Okay. And then we'll... Uh, Maybe jumping so. on shortly, so yeah, we should probably uh, give them a little taste of who it is before they before he comes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go for it, Elliot Landy. That's it. That's it. If you Elliot haven't heard Landy. that name, definitely take a second and Google him. Um, I'm sure you've seen his pictures. Uh, his pictures you've are one hundred percent everywhere. So. Yeah, you it's know funny. Anything about Woodstock? You've seen his pictures for sure. It's really funny because I guess if you're n unless you're like a photography buff. You'd probably see these pictures, and they're just images. But yeah, 
It's interesting. As a photographer, your work could be all over, and it has not like there's no association to your name. Yeah. What's so also maybe there is in that community. Hmm. No, you're right. But what's all? Yeah, someone probably looks at the photo and go, "Oh, that's a Anthony Lewis photograph." You can <laughs> tell from you can tell because it was upside down <laughs> and blurry, <laughs> and his finger was half on the lens. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. my picture. It's trademark that's signature right there. <laughs> but what's crazy is the art that they were able to to capture without even knowing that they've captured it yet, you know? Because now, think about oh, when right. we were growing you up. See, you were taking yeah. pictures. You had to get them developed to find out what Blindly. the hell you snapped. And, like, now you do it and you instantaneously can see what you captured or framed, you know? So it's it's Yeah, that's so true. I forgot about me. that. And yeah, that development exactly. process has changed. Yeah, too. so much. I wanted to, like I wanted to talk to him room. about that if we have time. Yeah, the dark room and negatives and then, like, the whole printing, like, the perfect balance of the chemicals to get that picture to come out. Like I remember it back in uh, high school. It was yeah. like one of the last times we got to actually develop pictures manually. And the That's process crazy. was always mind blowing, mind blowing. So I'm, I am excited. Photography's art. Yeah. Pick his brain. Wow. All right, let's get right into it then. Without further ado, Elliot Landy. Mr. Elliot Landy, we're very happy to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us, sir. Thank really you appreciate for it. inviting me here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's all that stuff. definitely our pleasure. We have a lot of things that we want to talk to you about and uh, limited time, so we're just going to jump right into it. Um, and one of the first things, I guess, is what you're working on currently. We usually kind of work in the opposite order here, but this is pretty exciting. So I'd love for you to share the details of the Kickstarter campaign that you have going on. And just to give us some information on that, and then we'll probably work backwards and talk about the rest of your life and career after that. Sure. Well, <laughs> so some of my best known, one of the work that I'm best known for are photographs of the band that mm. I took in uh, 1968 and 1969 while they were making their first two albums. And uh, I, I lived in Woodstock, as, as did they. I didn't live in Woodstock when I started photographing them, but during the course of the year and a half or so that mm. I was connected to them, I moved up to Woodstock. Um, and I've I've lived there on and off ever since, actually, since 1968, wow. 69. Yeah. So, <coughs> so what this is, uh, you know, what I should show you. Um, sh sh should I show you a copy of the first book? Yeah, sure. Because there's eight of them in total, right? No. Uh, well, I, I I've I've had twelve total, but there's only two books of the band. That is beautiful. Okay, so in 2005, I did a, uh, no, sorry, 2015, this book was published, and it's, I can't see much of it here, but it's a really beautifully printed photographic book of the f pictures that I took of the band yeah. during, during those two years. That I worked they look with great. Them. Even even from my perspective, they look yeah. great. Yeah. Well, what happened was, so I did a Kickstarter campaign to finance it, and I did yeah. so well on the campaign. Um, at the time, it was the highest funded Kickstarter f photography book campaign ever. Um, it's still the highest funded music book, but um, so I did so well that that it took me about a year and a half to get the actually. It took me about uh, 15 months to get the book 
uh, printed after I, oh, wow. after I succeeded at the campaign. And the reason for that is that I took my time. I had, I had enough money so I didn't have to worry about how much it was costing me. Right, um, right, right. And, <laughs> yeah. and my goal as, as a photographer has always been to share beauty with people. That was the reason I began taking pictures and the reason I take pictures now. I, I don't, that's just to share something that I think, I think is beautiful. I want to show it to someone. I, I want to create something um, that makes people feel good, I guess. Because uh, it makes me feel good. So um, I, I found a, I, God, I, <laughs> I had samples from so many printers, so many, I mean, eight, let's say seven, eight different printers. Yeah. They, they sent me their best work, and I picked out the, a couple of the, the better printers that, that I found from that. And then I had them do tests for me, and I paid for these things. Um, right. And finally, I, I decided on one. And what we did to make the, get the quality of the book re really good was what's called wet proofs. And normally when you print a book these days, um, you, know, they, the, you design it, you send it to the printer, and you send them your best files. And, and then they do uh, a digital proof of it, which is like on right. an Epson or HP printer, the kind of the stuff that we have in our design studios and all yeah. that. But it's not the same quality as a printing press has. So right. what I did, so when you see a digital proof, you, you estimate what you're doing. You, you, you kind of guess. You say, well, if it looks like this on a digital printer, then it'll look like this on the book paper, and therefore right. I want to change this to a brighter green or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you have to be very skilled to do that, which I'm not. But even if you are, you can't really get it right. You can't get it perfect. So I did what's called wet proofs, which means that they make proof prints on the printing press itself. And right. they, okay. they, which is a very expensive, much more expensive process to do. But for me, it gave me the ability to get everything exactly right because I saw what they were doing with it. And I said, well, this is a little too red, a little too green or a little too dark as far as the black and white goes. Anyway, right. so that's why it is such a gorgeous book. <laughs> uh, and yeah. and um, it really is. It's like there is there as good nearly as good as fine art prints that I make on, on, on my, on my uh, uh, large printers in the studio. Um, wow. They're that good. So basically you can cut the pages out and hang them up and frame them, and no one's going to walk mm -hmm. in your house and say, how come you framed a book? <laughs> they're going <laughs> to think, wow, you got these prints, these collector prints. But yeah, so yeah. the first book is actually sold out. Uh, I have about 60 of them left, um, and I'm... I'm um, making some available with this, with the Kickstarter campaign for Volume Two. Mm. So what we're talking about here is my making a second book of my photographs that I took of the band. The reason I'm making a second book is that about a year after I made the first one, I was looking at, um, I was standing next to my shelves, which of which you can imagine there are numerous ones. Yeah, um, yeah. and. <laughs> As long as they don't shelve, shelve me, I'm okay. <laughs> we have, so, um, and I, I took a box that was labeled Band Book Seconds, and I was just looking okay. through it, 8 by 10s um, I don't have a box here. It's in, it's in the studio across the driveway. But um, so I was looking at the I, – I just opened the box up out of curiosity, and I looked at a picture, a few pictures, and I said, what? 
this picture isn't in the book. How can this picture not be in the book? It's one yeah. of my favorite pictures. And there, were, and there were a bunch of those like that. And at that point, I realized, and the reason it wasn't in the book was because we only had 160 pages. It was 12 by 12 inches, so it's a big page size. But there yeah. was just a limit to what we could do. So at that Got time, it. I realized, at that point, I realized I'd have to do another, a second volume to really include oh, all, support, all the pictures yeah. that I think are really, really good photographs. Um, so it's not like well, these are the second quality ones. It's like these are the ones we just didn't have space for. Uh, Got you. And so I, I need, yeah, so my goal for the Kickstarter campaign is $65,000, which which means that I, I got that number because right now I don't have a distributor for it. Uh, I don't right. have anyone else to, to, to publish it or anything like that. So I figured the minimum number of books I'm going to print is $2,000, and that's going to cost me so-and-so. I, I wrote to the printer again. They gave me their estimates, and it's going yeah. to take me this much time. And I just calculated what my costs and expenses would be, and that's the minimum amount I need to, really, to be able to do this, actually. Um, but I hope I get a lot more. And in addition to offering copies of the book, so there's going to be two versions of the book. I mean, it's the same book. But one will be a signature edition. I'm going like this. You can't see me. Make believe there's a pen in my hand. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and um, so one is going to be a signed copy of it, and the other one is going to be in, in a box set. And uh, it's also going to have uh, an 8 by 10 inch uh, fine art print that I make, a special print that's never been published before. Um mm. And um, it's got it's got special embossed covers for people who collect books and so on. This is the kind of thing that is. So so the, and that's going to be a limited edition, probably uh, certainly less than three hundred, uh, maybe even right. less than two hundred. Okay, I'm right. not sure. It depends wow. how many people buy it from this, and that costs four hundred dollars for the limited edition. Um, wow. And like and then and it's got that print in it, and the print alone I would sell for more than the four hundred dollars. That, right. that the uh, that the book costs, um, yeah, and then uh, the, the 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 regular book, but what I, what I do here is I do this work so that people get to see it, and people right. get to see it in its best form. So the actual pages mm -hmm. of the books, the signature edition, and mm -hmm. the deluxe edition are are the same paper, the same printing, the same pages. The difference gotcha. is in the extra print that you get with it, and the, and the cover, the binding of it. And and it's got cloth. It's got cloth-bound covers and a cloth-bound oh, wow. case and so on. So oh, it's no, a, you no. know it's a box thing and it's really nice yeah. actually. But yeah, it sounds the like there's a lot of value there. Thank you. <laughs> but the experience of the of the images is the same because that's what I care right. about. I yeah, don't really care about sure. leather on a shelf, you know, or <laughs> yeah, or faux yeah, leather yeah. actually. I'll probably, I probably I wouldn't use real leather. I'd use faux leather. Um, right. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what I'm doing. So it's, it's, you go to Kickstarter.com and look up my name, Elliot Landy, and uh, you'll see. And, and um, I'd be oh, I'd be really pleased uh, to get support like that. In addition to the books, offering the two versions of the books, I'm offering mm -hmm. copies of my fine art prints for for discounts off what I would normally sell sell them for. Some of them have not been for sale before either, but they're like 30 to 50 percent less than my so-called list price that, that mm -hmm. I normally sell these things for. So in addition to a copy of the book, you can buy fine art prints. I have some lithos, which are like very fine, high-end posters that I make and inexpensive. Nice. Uh, so it looks like 
again, they're as good as a print is. So you you look at it, you think yeah. you have a print on the wall. Like Only actual. difference is that they're on thinner paper and they won't last as long. They're not as archival as far as being oh, gotcha. not fading and so on. But they last for many years. So that's, that's why stuff. to go to Kickstarter. Perfect. Plus, we'll definitely put up a link to, to share with our fans just so that they can go and check it out as well, for sure. Thank we'll you. definitely do that with the release. Thank yeah. you. What, what made you fall in love with photography in the first place? <laughs> um, basically, I was, I, you know what? It's a past life thing. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> because when I was, I, I, <clears throat> I was in love with photography before I knew what photography was. Mm. Um, when I was 13 years old, I was in a bungalow colony for the summer. And they right. had activities for kids my age. And, and uh, they were like uh, tennis and boating and uh, macrame mm -hmm. and whatever other arts and crafts stuff. Um, and one of the activities was photography. Was, and they had a dark room there. Yeah. And my sister said to me, why don't you go over to there and see maybe you want to work in there. Uh, and I went over there, and I never came out for the rest of the summer. <laughs> oh, you found your home. <laughs> and I was, happy I was, I became, I became the, you know, the, the, the assistant counselor there, and I would, I, I mm. basically mixed the chemicals, and I helped people make uh, what's called contact sheets. In those years, you, you put a piece of enlarging paper on top of a light source and on top of a negative, a sandwich. Yeah. You make that. So I became the guide, and mm. I was just, in, and I, you put a thermometer in a brown glass bottle, and you made yeah. sure the temperature was right. And I just loved it. And I had no reason to love it because I had no interest in taking pictures. Um, right. And, uh, <laughs> but what's, and I, but it, I was like, that's where I belonged, so I could say. <laughs> yeah, um, I just felt it. And I see pictures now, and my parents had a brownie camera, and that was it. Um, so I I um, I see pe people go to to I'm sorry. So let me see what I wanted to say. Uh, that was part two of the story. Um, so I see pictures now that I took during that summer because mm -hmm. I borrowed, I was in the dark room. I needed the only reason I took pictures was because I needed some negatives to make prints of in the dark room. Oh, gosh, you, you know, right, Not right. to take the picture itself. You're more interested in but, that part, yeah. Uh, it, that's all I was interested in, um, <laughs> mm. and uh, I um, I see pictures that I took. Um, I have two sisters, uh, one older, um, uh, uh, um, the second is younger, and mm. the pictures I took of them are really good. If 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 a young person sent me those pictures and said I'm interested in photography, do you think I have a chance? I'd say absolutely. They're really, right, they're, right. they're not just straight on pictures. I got at the bottom of a seesaw, you know, that thing in the playground that goes up and yeah. down, right? Yeah, the, yeah. And I got the angle, not even just at the bottom straight up. You can't even see my hand. Not the bottom, but it was off to an angle going. It was really mm. interesting. My sister was at another angle. I mean, really interesting wow. imagery, but it didn't mean yeah. anything to me in those years at all. I had no cognition of it whatsoever. And I was going into it's high so school <laughs> after that summer. And I um, was so interested in photography, I thought I would join the camera club. So right. I go and you, know, you had to choose a club to be in. So I go yeah. to the camera club <laughs> and they're handing out paper and, 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 the, it's, and the paper says, put down the kind of camera you have and the lenses that you have. And I didn't mm. even have a brownie camera. 
And right. I thought, and not not. You might have to, to sorry to interrupt lenses. you there. Sure, go ahead. You might have to explain what a brownie camera is to some oh, of really? our listeners. Oh, my yeah, yeah. A, a brownie camera. We have a wide range. Yeah. Do 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 people know what an instamatic is? You might have to explain uh, that too. Might, uh, might basically, a brownie camera was was what uh, today people use an iPhone. So the brownie camera was, was like an iPhone, but it didn't make phone calls. It it was a consumer. <laughs> it was a consumer item. That, okay. that that everyone was able to afford, and it was a, kind of the cheapest form of a camera that you could get, really. But it's still high quality. It wasn't bad right. because in those years they didn't have to make cheap stuff like that. <laughs> so um, <laughs> fair enough. Anyways, that's what a brownie camera. It, it was a family camera. There was certainly a, a serious photographer would never use it. Is basically what mm, I mean by you. all I had was a brownie. Um, gotcha. So. So since I had no lenses and 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 not even a camera, I I felt like I didn't belong there, and I was right. very shy about it. And I kind of I remember kind of kind of like sli sliding out the back door so nobody would see me leaving because I was embarrassed by not having the whatever I needed to do right. it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. That was when I was Six going to high school. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And 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 then I was in high school for for three years and college for four, and and it was only after I graduated college that I picked up a camera again. So that oh, whole seven-year mm, period, wow. if, yeah, it's got. It's, I'm just kind of sad about that. Wow. Um, <laughs> because, but but I didn't even think about it. In other words, I didn't. Th oh my God, I couldn't join a camera club. I just felt mm. it wasn't for me. I wasn't. I wasn't knowledgeable enough. I wasn't skilled enough, or whatever it was. I didn't qualify. Right. Uh, it was insecurity, basically. It was it was sure. wow. it was human insecurity, being as most young young people have, except those that live those, on the yeah. internet. They're not insecure about anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, they pretend all. not to be. They <laughs> pretend, right? So that's yeah. hilarious. So you you were basically the the insecure guy. You gave up the passion that you felt for for photography. Yeah. And. I guess it's funny because I'm assuming you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would assume that I imagine that your work became much more famous and much more known than probably the others in that photography class with you. <laughs> I, I would guess that. Uh, guess I, I, I would actually guess that, but I wasn't even thinking about being well known. The, At the um, time, yeah. The the I never thought about being well known actually until I realized I was going to mm. be well known, and the way okay, I realized fair. I was going to be well known was when mm -hmm. the music from Big Pink album came out, was coming out when we were doing that. And and I was told mm. that Bob Dylan's painting was going to be on the cover of the wow. album, Music from Big Pink. And so I right. knew that in the credits, my name would be next to his. C cover, yeah. they mm. use a cover, and then yeah. inside artwork or whatever. So then I said, well, oh, I'm going to be... I think I don't think I'm going to be famous. Something like yeah, I might have even thought the word famous. Of course, when your name is next to Bob <laughs> Dylan, everyone's going to read it. For yeah, sure. yeah, true, true. Especially when uh, wow. usually not usually, but often no one reads the credits to an album. But when they know it's his hmm. name there, I think everyone who got that album is certainly going to look for his name in the credits. And I knew my yeah, name was going yeah. to be right next to it. You know, so I said, wow. so I was surprised. I said, oh, I'm going to be well known. Just yeah, like that. Amazing. and I, was, and I never even thought about it. But the, the what wow. made me want to take pictures. So after the thing, in um, uh, in high school, and and mm -hmm. I graduated from college, I remember 
being on the street in New York City. It was 71st Street and, and Broadway. And there's a very famous okay. old hotel called the Ansonia there. And I was looking up at the top of the Ansonia. It's very beautiful sculpting on the on the, the, the sides of the buildings, the, the, mm. you know, the cornerstones, really gorgeous stuff. And I wanted to say, look how beautiful that is to somebody. I looked around to see by chance if I knew anybody who was nearby <laughs> or whatever. And there was yeah, no one yeah. there. And I realized I should uh. get a camera. I said, if I want to, you know, mm. share that kind of thing or show that kind of thing or talk in that way, if I want to talk visually. And so that was really the, the I remember that moment, actually. So I should get a camera for that. And I really had no clue that I was even a good photographer. Um, huh. th th this may help people, I think, that I needed. Uh, so when I, even though I had uh, done this darkroom work in, in the Spungalow colony, which was called Joy Acres. <laughs> Joy Acres. <laughs> um, I, I didn't remember seven years later the exact chemistry to use and all that stuff. So my first class right. was, mm -hmm. was, a, was a technical class in the camera club in Manhattan somewhere. And that I just learned, okay, stop there, developer stop there, fix it. The basic chemistry of, of analog photography. Um, right. mm -hmm. and, and then... Um, the next class, then I needed, I, I wanted to take some advanced photography class or whatever. And I, I signed up for a class with Lisette Modell. In those years in New York City, they were not teaching photography, nor did they consider photography an art. Um, and there were very few classes. Uh, the, only, the one I took at the New School for Social Research, taught by Lisette Modell, was the only one about artistic photography. Um, mm. So I, I did that. And in order to get in, you had to be interviewed. And she had to look at your pictures and make sure you were you were up at the right level that she was going to teach at. So right. I met with her, and she looked at my pictures, and she loved them. And she thought wow. they were great. I just remember the very positive response for it, you know. And that's yeah. really mm. all I needed to go forward. I, and yeah, I think going, yeah. and I find this with young people also that I, I would like to teach more than I, I really have not taught very much in my life. I have a, uh, maybe a, I have a class coming up uh, next year, but mm -hmm. I find that you, that all young people, like, I think every young person needs some authoritative figure to say you're good and to say you're, mm -hmm. you know, and once, once they get that, then they can go forward. But you need someone to help you push through, to push you through the, the uncertainty, self-doubt and everything else. Yeah, The uncertainty and self-doubt, yeah. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Yes, that's that's better than what I was going to say. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. No, yeah. That's, yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's uh, absolutely true. I mean, especially when you're in your, like, your younger formative years, it's tough to look at this big world and see all these different opportunities as opportunities there's a lot of options but they're not yet opportunities so you can really yeah. get lost in peer pressure and all these other things um mm. so you're right just having that um, we've talked to some people especially in music who did or didn't have that adult support whether it's coming from home or from a teacher and in a lot of cases that really as you went through it caused people to either miss the opportunity or have to come back to it later in life. It, it is very important. And I think it's important to try and teach parents about this because not all parents, sure. not all people are aware of that. And, yeah. and the, the difference between encouraging someone and discouraging them uh, for so many ways. I, I guess what the world needs is intelligent parents. 
because then you have intelligent <laughs> kids. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh man, that yeah, that's uh, that's funny. That's I, um, you've 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 mentioned the '60s a couple times, and I can't I can't lie, I'm very interested. I you have to have some stories. I mean, you were taking photographs of some of these major rock stars and you're at Woodstock. If we were to kind of flip the lens a bit, can you share some of the stories? Is there anything that you can, anything that stands out even at this point? Yeah, ju just a second, I'll get my book. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, you snapped them all. Yeah, no, 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 just, I, don't, I actually don't have one with the cover, but yeah, well, you'll see it without the cover. <laughs> So, uh, so okay. Yeah. So this is at Woodstock. So I'll tell you. Okay. That's Michael Lang on the stage at Woodstock. Uh, I should I should really have here. Oh wow. So this is Ooh. the sound tower at right. Woodstock. So um, hang on. <laughs> I just I just saw something I didn't do. Ooh. Sorry. It's okay. I'll tell you what this is also. This is... Yeah, let's see it. This is the, the free stage at Woodstock. Yeah, that and, looks familiar. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was anyone can do what they wanted on that one. And there's a gong. There was a gong performance, which I have a picture of, but it's not, you can't really see here. But yeah. I think that's what they're doing at the time, which a gong performance, meaning that based on Eastern culture and Eastern philosophy, each Eastern spiritual practice, let's say, um, Far Eastern spiritual practice, where the, the resonation of the music is supposed to help change your inner vibration as well, and gotcha. like meditation does. Um, yeah. So... Woodstock. Uh, one funny story at Woodstock. Well, I was I was one of the two official photographers at Woodstock. I was asked by That's Michael a Lang. Big to, deal. I was asked by Michael Lang to photograph it for him, um, mm. because he lived in Woodstock. Actually, he came up to Woodstock because uh, Dylan and the band lived there, and yeah. and um, it was becoming a music mecca, and the pictures I took of them were the only photographs that they allowed to be taken during that period. So, That's so whatever incredible. kind of uh, <laughs> photographs came out, or or whatever rumors came out, were were kind of I was in, involved. Were kind of involved with my with the imagery that right. that that uh, came th came through my camera. The best way to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that sounds, so, a pretty big deal. Um, Michael, um, I I had met him. He was going out with a girlfriend of my sister's who also lived in Woodstock. And that's how I met him, just hanging out in the street in, 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 in the town square, talking yeah. when we'd bump mm. into each other. And um, I didn't know what he did at all. And then one day right. he called up and he said, uh, um, he said, can I come over and I, I want to ask you something. So he rode up mm. to my house on his, on his motorcycle and he said, um, I'm producing a concert. Would you like to photograph it? And by that time, right. I had had my success with the band and, and Bob Dylan and, and a few other things. Um, and also seeing the pictures that I was taking, which were really, I thought, really good photographs, really, that yeah. would last. Light show pictures, really nice stuff. So basically, I had, mm. I had achieved what I 
my aspirations in photography, which was to do really exceptional photographs and also to start earning some money from it and also yeah, of get course, known, yep. I guess. <laughs> so I, I was kind of picky about what else I wanted to do with it. And I said, well, I don't know who's, who's playing. So then he, he lists, I don't remember who he said, <laughs> but you know who was going to be on that list, starting with the who, yeah. perhaps, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and Richie Havens and Joe Cocker and Janice Shoplin, you know, all the famous. So yep. you have an arms, an arm's length of, of a list of the most famous, uh, some of the most famous people uh, in music yeah. at that time. So anyway, so sure. I said, yeah, I'll do it, sure. And um, and then he, he said, okay, I'll call you. And he gets on his mo motorcycle and drives away. And I and what I say is, <laughs> it wasn't even a handshake. You know, here he's asking me wow. to be the official photographer of what is the most famous festival of all time, I would say. Yeah. Of all time, um, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and, 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 it was, wow. and that's what the 60s was about. It was just about on trust. You said something, you, you said, okay, I'll do mm -hmm. it. He'll say, I'll do it. So um, while I was there um, at the festival, it started raining, of course, and I was underneath the sound tower. I, I was, I was, I had to keep my cameras dry, and there was a staircase mm -hmm. going down, and I went down the staircase, and I wound up under this platform that the loudspeakers were on, and this and that. Um, yeah. And uh, I had a, a a camera with me. It's called a Wide Lux. It's a panoramic camera, and the lens. You can do it with an iPhone now just by moving it. You, you, you right, put it on, yeah. on, I think it's called panorama. Um, yep. Anyway, yeah, the, yeah. Lens, <laughs> the lens rotated like this when it took mm -hmm. pictures. Yeah, it's all very still and so on. Right, so I wow. had that and it sat right on my chest. Okay? And by accident, I hit the shutter and took a picture right. of it. I didn't think anything yeah. of it. And then now years later, I, I see that it's, it's a picture from under the stage. And I'm thinking a few years ago, I realized that, my goodness, here I was underneath the stage at Woodstock, right? And I didn't even think yeah, to take yeah. a selfie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even That's think funny. to take a selfie. That's how different it was in those years. Can you imagine? A very yeah. different time. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't take that. All I had to do was go like this, you know. And it, was, it might have been the first. I didn't even think of it, you know, That's like crazy. that. So... <laughs> So, wow. so that's one story about Woodstock. Um, I, the way I got into music photography, by the way, music photography was only about two years of my life. And since that time, oh, I've done okay, a lot a of different window. things. Really, yeah. uh, last year I was in France for a month and I took a really huge number of really beautiful photographs on the street where they come out looking like paintings. Really nice, wow. extraordinary. Wow. I'm really excited about it. But I've always Do you taken, still develop your, your, your own pictures? No. I'm sorry. Well, I still the print internet. them, so it's the same thing now. You don't have to develop digital prints. Different Just have to edit yeah, them, yeah. edit them in Photoshop. But I, I have someone mm. that does the Photoshop editing, but under gotcha. my very, very careful scrutiny. And I'm yeah, very and then we print it in my <laughs> studio too. So yeah, the answer is I, I mm. still develop my stuff, yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Just not in nice. liquid anymore mm, but i'm okay. just as Times have changed, I really hadn't, <laughs> sorry i really hadn't thought of it like that until you asked that question just now that, that right. yeah i do still mm. develop it hasn't changed at all i developed it so i can get the best quality that's why i was doing it um, yeah, right yeah, yeah. so i develop Amazing. it now um i forget what i was saying but oh uh oh about why how i got into music photography 
Yes, if and you only did it for two years, and you were in. France. Yeah, it's crazy. That such a short period of time, and you really sealed. Like you got, you put your name in that book. Like yeah. you did the biggest festival ever. You did. It's a, it's mind blowing. Yeah. You say it's. Yeah. I guess it's your life, so you've you've lived it. But hearing it from you, it's like I look that's back crazy. At it, that you, and I feel the mm. same way you're describing it. Really, you do. At okay. the time, I didn't <laughs> feel like, it. I, I I just went along. You know. And okay, fair. <laughs> the, the reason I'll tell you how I started and why I was doing it. So, I, I in in after I had developed my skills in photography uh, by just two classes I had and working with, I assisted a man named Lawrence Shustak, and I learned a lot from him also, just for a few days. And I, I never had an assistant's job, anything like that. He had a few jobs, and I went with him on it and learned a lot. Right. I learned what I needed to learn. Um, and I learned a lot of stuff from magazines. I used to read popular photography, modern photography, and I, I learned about mm. a lot of stuff there. But So anyway, so I, um, I wanted to do something to help stop the Vietnam War. And, um, I was, mm. and I thought, first thought was, well, I'll go to Vietnam and show how terrible war is. My second thought was, I don't want to get killed. Oh. I don't want to yeah, get you know, I don't want to be in war. Yeah. Thank you. And <laughs> so I so I decided that I would photograph peace demonstrations that were happening in New York City and not getting any press getting very very little press coverage. There was a, a fairly decent sized demonstration for example in the city and the New York Times mm -hmm. might have this much text about it and no pictures in the middle right. of the paper <laughs> something like yeah, that. Wow. So I started to to take those to go to peace demonstrations and I worked with underground newspapers there were two of them one called the West Side News uh, and New York Free Press and West Side News and the other one was RAT the subterranean news and RAT meaning <laughs> underground because in those years right. in those years like now we have blogs where people's individual voices can be heard in those years right. there was yeah. no way for that to happen so the only way was through this underground press where people ah. who were against the mainstream culture, against the, what the mm. government was doing in Vietnam, um, could have a voice. So they were called underground newspapers. And they're quite beautiful, wow. beautiful artwork, really nice stuff. So wow. um, yeah. I began taking photographs of demonstrations for that. And one, one, one night when we had finished putting the paper together, uh, mm -hmm. I was walking down 2nd Avenue and I see... Uh, a theater marquee that said Country Joe and the Fish Light Show. And I say, okay. what's that? I was with two yeah. friends from the paper. And I walked over to the box office and I, as I got to the box office, I heard the music coming out of the theater, right? Right. And, yeah. I, and I had a police press pass because from the newspaper that got me yeah. in places. Um, oh, so, nice. <laughs> so I showed it and um, she let me in. And I was greeted by this incredible wall of light and sound, this, this, this incredible, beautiful thing. The, the, the mm. light show was floor to ceiling behind the performers, and the music was extraordinary, amplified electronic music coming mm. from spaced out people. Really nice. Yeah. Stone, <laughs> some stone people. They're really good. Yeah. And, and I, I wanted to go down to the front to see the musicians, uh, up close, and I did that. So I, so I got mm. my camera out that let me go to the front. It's like a ticket to the front yeah. row, right? So, yeah. so I did that and started taking pictures, and I managed to sell one of them. But that's that's really beside the point. But I was really hooked at that point on rock and on these kind of rock and roll concerts. Mm. And two weeks okay. later, okay. 
So this was at the Anderson Theater on Second Avenue. And two weeks later, the next the next concert was Big Brother and the Holding Company starring Janis Joplin. So mm. that was my second. Yeah, that's right. Wow, number two. And, and those were the best concerts <laughs> I saw in those years, the Big Brother and the Holding Company concerts. They were just incredible. So, um, and then I needed to make money because I didn't get paid for the working with the anti the underground newspapers at all. I right. got film and processing mm -hmm. for it. So I would took it around to record companies and and um, to the record Janis Joplin's record company, for example, and and so yeah. on. And they liked it. And then that's how I met Albert Grossman uh, through the picture of Janis. And I don't know how much I should go on. How much time do I have left here? I don't think you have much time. Six, I think we're going to have to do a part two. I have two <laughs> minutes left. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll definitely have to have I'd you back for a part two. You, you, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's so cool, uh, much knowledge. We want to pick your brain for an hour. <laughs> and then I will listen yeah, to definitely. you talk. Because what <laughs> no one wants but to hear us talk. I know I have only a short yeah. time. So what, now I have to go do my sharing stillness work. It's called, it, the website is www.sharingstillness.com. And, and, okay. and there's awesome. no charge for it. Uh, I, I just, um, uh, donations are optional. But, um, um, and it really is... Uh, really is beyond what most other things in this area are in terms of what it does mm. for people. And, and check uh, it out. It, you can, it really helps people go, like people, I, I do this energy for about an hour, 50 minutes or so, and people just go <laughs> like that. And, they're in, like that. and they wow. come back feeling really rested and really peaceful. And what mm. it does is, uh, to me, you change as a person by have, by changing your inner vibration. To me, right. it's all growth, health, healing. It's all about a change of vibration inside yourself. And doing mm. meditation, I would say any kind of meditation, but there are some things that are called meditation that are not really meditation. But meditation where you, where you stop thinking, basically. Meditation where mm. you just allow yourself to get in touch with the rest of life, which is besides our conscious thoughts and and that's right. the basic of it and just by being in that space you get used to that feeling which is peaceful that's it's a feeling of love it's a feeling of serenity and by being mm. used to it you kind of automatically choose to be there your your mm. body rather mm. than that's so if somebody bumps into you in the street let's say by that happened to me once i still remember it just walking <laughs> walking like that you know and and yeah. Yeah. so in, if you're in if you're if you're in this peaceful space this meditative uh, i call it um vibrationally soft space you don't get angry about it you just observe it okay it mm. happened and it's yeah. over you know, and right. you even feel yep. can feel badly for that person who did it, to be so misguided right. to do it. Let's say, or to even have hurt yeah. their own arm. So, <laughs> so when you get used to to thinking like this, to feeling like this, then you don't want to go to the other way because the other right. way is not pleasant compared to this way. So that's really what the purpose of Boy, meditation peace. is, and, and yeah. uh, what, what I help people do uh, for themselves, really. So. Love I it. definitely want to check More that out that. at some point. Well, yeah, yeah. right now it's on Zoom in 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 <laughs> minutes. I do well, can I say Thursday. peace, love, and rock and roll? Is that the way we is that the way we say goodbye around here? That's peace, good. love, and rock and roll, That's folks. <laughs> so I do the sharing service every Thursday at seven. 
And then they say, it's a free session with donation optional. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. We'll Thanks for chatting. At some point. And, and we we'll hope that we can have you back to kind of pick your brain e a little Email bit me. I'll come right back and finish where I started. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you, guys. This is really nice. Thanks, Elliot. It, Great. It Thank really you. Nice. Thank you okay. so much. It's been a privilege. Oh, man. Thank you. That's sweet. Oh, listen. Okay, I will if let you email me your, your, your postal addresses, I'll send you uh, one book each of Woodstock Vision. Oh, wow. which that's my amazing. Oh, my goodness. Thank so, you so wow. much. We definitely if I can send it in one package, that's better. Of course, of course that's For ship. sure. Okay. So you send yeah, it to mine, well, we and then Anthony's it. might accidentally get lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much, Elliot. Thank you, man. We'll let you get going. We really okay. appreciate this. Bye. We'll talk again soon. Take Thank care. Bye-bye. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.